You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Amen, amen. How y'all doing? Man, it's good to see y'all. We are in a series called Shift, and if you haven't been here with us, what we're discussing, what we're talking about, is shifting every aspect of our life towards Jesus. Now, you may be saying, my life's pretty good, everything is shifted toward Jesus. And I would say, don't lie in church, right? Like, because we all have some areas in our life that we could give Jesus more and more and more and more. And last week, we... We really opened this up talking about how we can shift our satisfaction and our affection toward Jesus. And it all starts there, right? If we can't be satisfied with Jesus, then none of this other stuff matters, right? That it starts there. It starts with us turning our affection to Jesus. What satisfies us, not just externally, but what really, really, really satisfies us to the deepest part of who we are. And some of you would say, well, um, money satisfies me a lot. And I get it, right? But it doesn't satisfy the deepest parts of Jesus. Some would say, man, when I hang out with my friends, that satisfies me. And it may, but it doesn't satisfy the deepest parts of Jesus. There's something deep within each and every one of us that can only be satisfied by Jesus. When, when we were created and God breathed the breath of life into us, and man, we, we got the presence of God, and then the fall happened, and ever since, humanity's been missing that. We've been missing that face-to-face, face-to-face encounter with God. And through Jesus, through the rescue mission, we're able to have that relationship back. And that's where our satisfaction comes from. If it comes from anything else, then we're missing it. This week, we're going to talk about what it looks like to shift our home to Jesus. How can we have a godly family? Now, if you're honest, all of us want a functional family. Raise your hand if you want a family that's functional. Alright, keep your hand up. Now, how many of you have a functional family? Put your hand down if you don't. Alright, so almost every hand went down, right? Because we're just dysfunctional people. That's just who we are. We're human beings. We are fallen, sinful, imperfect people. Man, and let me tell you, my family, although I love them, we are not very functional all the time. So we're not going to talk about how to have a functional family. Sorry. We're going to talk about how to have a godly family. And this is what I know, that if we can really shift our homes toward Jesus, then He will He will put things in order. And while it may seem dysfunctional to us, it's really functional because we're functioning in the purpose of God and our family. And that's what I want for my family. And I pray that that's what you guys want for your family. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to build a house up here on stage for you guys. Now I thought about bringing something in and building it as I went. If you know me, that would not have gone very well. So we're not doing the visual. I'm sorry. I really thought about it. I practiced it. It did not work very well. I'm not a, I don't work well with my hands. 
I can kind of dream some stuff and then I ask other people to do it. So you just have to work with me here. But I want to build a house for us. So I'm going to give you five really quick things about what a godly home looks like. And number one is this. The foundation of your house is God. Right? And you say, well, yeah, duh, man. We're in church. You're supposed to say that. But I don't just say that, right? So I want to read Psalm 127. Verse 1 says this, Unless the Lord built the house, those who build it labor in vain. Now let me tell you what that, what that means. That means that all of your efforts outside of God to make your home functional, to make your kids follow rules, to, to be a good spouse, all of that is in vain unless God is in the center. And what we like to do, man, I'm talking to the men specifically. What we like to do is say, hey, I know exactly what to do. I know the answer. I can fix this. I can discipline the right way. I can love the right way. I can plan the right way. Whatever. And then we see that it doesn't work. Yeah, we got some amens from, some, from the women already. Hey, y'all have your chance to do this in our next series. This ain't today, right? So, we're, uh, we're going to do a whole series on relationships. We're going to go through the Song of Solomon starting in February. If you want to amen on your husband and your wife, come for that series. But I am going to just don't do that. It's not nice. So, are you trying to build your house apart from God? Now, man, I want to just get really practical with you because we would say, no, why would I ever do that? It doesn't make sense. But then our actions show that we're really trying to do it apart from God. And Scripture teaches us that if we do this, and if God's not the one building the house, if He is not the foundation, then we are doing all this stuff in vain. And I don't know what happens at your house, but I know that I don't have time for stuff to just be in vain at my house. There needs to be a purpose to what we're doing. And it's not always that way. And maybe for you, you've got this perfect. God is your foundation. Everything you do, you're building because of Him. And man, God bless you. The rest of us aren't there yet. We're trying to get there. So God has to be the foundation of your house. What is the center of your family? For some of you, it would just be rules and regulations. You're just really, you're really strict in your house. For some of you, it would be money. The more money that you make, the better. That's the center of of your home. For some of you, it's just fun, man. We want to have fun. Right? How many of you like to have fun? This, yeah, this is a church full of people that want to have fun. The Jesus way. Praise God for that. Some of you would say peace. Man, I just want to have some peace. That's the center of everything in my, in my home is peace. I want it to be peaceful. Don't come to my house. So you, just, you want things to just be, you want some sanity in your house. And that's the center. You just If everything is just kind of peaceful and nothing's insane, then you feel like you're doing a really good job. Some of you, for your kids, right, it's good grades. You want them to make good grades. Just say, don't everything in your house goes crazy. My kids, my kids are A, B, on a roll. Don't know how, but they were. And, man, I got kind of got upset with my oldest kid because she had all A's and one B. And her mom was like, praise God, that's amazing. And I'm like, hey, so... Let's talk about this B. Um, and I think that's just how I was raised, right? Like, you can do some really good stuff, but if you do this, why, why didn't you bring this up 
this way. I wasn't upset about the B. I was upset that it dropped 10 points, right? So it's a whole different story. Y'all can talk to her about that, how important grades are. But some of you, it's new stuff. You like, you like new cars, new trucks, big houses, stuff in your house. And that's the center of everything that you do. As long as you can kind of keep up with what's going on around you, then you're happy and you think your home is okay. But none of that should be the foundation of your house. None of that should matter more than God. I'm not saying that any of that stuff is bad. Right? All that stuff is pretty good stuff. But when it becomes the center, then we're missing the big picture. And the big picture is God has to be the foundation of your house. We, we went through a series, Sermon on the Mount, a while back. And the, the end of the sermon... In Matthew 7, 24, Jesus says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Right? So Jesus is preaching. He goes through this entire sermon. If you missed that series, you could go to our website and see it. I would encourage that. But at the end of the sermon, Jesus says, For those of you who hear these words and you do them, you will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock whose foundation is on Jesus. And what this means is that the information that we receive should lead to application. What happens is you can come here on Sunday morning, you can get all this information, and then you go home and you do none of it because there's no application. The information doesn't help you unless you apply that to your life. So knowing that God needs to be the foundation of your home does not help you Shift your home to Jesus. What helps you is when you make God the foundation of your home. When you apply that. You can post all the social media posts you want about how your family loves Jesus, but unless you apply it in real life, then those social media posts don't matter. The information that you have really doesn't matter unless you apply it. So what is the rock that Jesus is talking about here? We see in Matthew 16, He's talking to Peter and He says this, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ. So Jesus is saying, Hey, so who, who am I? He says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see that if the Lord doesn't build the house, then all who labor, they labor in vain. We see that Jesus says, hey, if you, if you do what I say, right? if you follow my instruction, if you apply this to your life, then it's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And then he asks Peter, who do all these people say I am? They give all kinds of answers. And he says, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are Jesus. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are the Savior of the world. And Jesus says on that proclamation of the Gospel, I'm going to build my church. So the rock that He's talking about is the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus. And all this ties together for me to say this to you, that the foundation of our house must be the Gospel of Jesus. It must be the fact that we understand that we are sinners in need of a Savior. It must be the fact that we understand that Jesus has done everything necessary for our salvation. 
And we commit our life to follow Him. And it's on the proclamation that He is who He says He is that we build our homes. Is that the foundation of your home? Is the foundation of your home the Gospel of Jesus? Number two is this. So we have a foundation and then there's got to be some framework. Now, all you carpenters in here, don't pick this apart, right? I'm not trying to do every little piece of the house. We're just trying to trying to give you something to work with. Point two is this. The framework of the house is love and honor. Love and honor. And some of you, man, you got the love part decent, you got the, the honor part horrible. Some of you, you're pretty good at both of these. Some of you, you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say the framework is love and honor. I read this almost at every wedding that I do, not because I choose it, but because the bride chooses it. And if you're engaged right now and you're going to get married, let the bride choose what is said at the wedding. You have no say except yes ma'am in this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about what love is. It says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is love. And we see from this passage, and we could break this down. This could be an entire series. But this is what I want you to know about this, that love is an action, it's not a thing. That the little butterflies that you get in your stomach when you're dating. I don't want to tell you that they go away later. I'm just going to tell you that the butterflies, they morph into different things, right? When you get older and you've been married for a while. Man, love isn't just a feeling. Love is an action. Love is choosing to put someone else above you. And when love is the framework of our home, it gives us a, a safe place, right, to, to create and to develop things within our home. When we talk about rules and regulations, those are fine. Discipline's good. We're gonna talk, we're gonna see that in just a second, but it must be within the framework of love and honor. If we, if we set all these expectations and we have all these rules, all these regulations, all these stipulations within our home and we're doing it for selfish gain or we're doing it for whatever reason because this family has this cool rule and we want to implement it, man, that is not where it's at. Where it's at is the framework of our home must be love and honor and everything developed within our home should be within that framework. We should love our spouse. We should love our kids. And we should honor our spouse. And we should honor our kids. See, the more developed the frame, the more sturdy the home. And we develop the framework of our, of our house with more love and more honor. With more love and more honor. With more love and more honor. And the more it's developed, the more sturdy our home Become. See, what love and honor does is it leads us to a sense of security, a sense of safety. It leads us to a place where each person can function the way that God intends for them to function because they're doing it within the framework of love and honor. So, we, so there's love. This is what honor is. It's really to highly value or to highly esteem. 
And I want to challenge you as parents, if you're parents in this room, that you lead the way in this. You show your kids what it means to honor. And you can do that by honoring them. By highly valuing your children. By highly esteeming your children. And I know, I know, I know that they can be like devils. Like, I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. And I understand that they're not always on your good side, right? We have a good side and a bad side, right? And they're not always on your good side. But we should have a framework that's so developed in love and honor that even when they don't behave, we can still honor them by highly valuing and highly esteeming. And you say, well, should we discipline? Because that's not very loving. In fact, that is incorrect. Discipline is all about love if it's within the framework of love and honor. Proverbs 3.12 says, For the Lord reproves or disciplines him who He loves. If He loves, He disciplines. It's the same way for a father. It says, As a father, the son in whom He delights. Discipline is great. If you don't discipline your kid, you need to start. Because we're raising a generation that is going to take over the world. And as we tenaciously shepherd the next generation, we need to make sure that we're doing it in a way that is loving and honoring. And discipline is part of that. The framework of our home must be love and honor. Point three is this. There's windows of our house. And the windows of the house is vision. What are windows for? I have no idea. But you can look out of the window, and you're probably you shouldn't do this, but people could look in the window. Don't look in a window if it's not your home. You can go to jail for that. But windows, right, is for us to, to, to look out. We can see out of our home. Here's what you have to know: that the vision of your house, of your home, should not be inwardly focused. The vision of your home should be that you impact the kingdom of God. Is that the vision of your home? See, we are created with a God-given purpose. To win souls, to make disciples. Do your kids know that that is the purpose of your home? Do you know that that's the purpose of your home? Does your spouse know that that's the purpose of your home. Is there a vision in your house? I'm not saying, yeah, all kids asleep by 7.30. That's not a vision, that's a rule. And the rule, right, should point to the purpose. So why should they be asleep by 7.30? What's the, what's the purpose of that? So they're not tired in the morning. Why does it matter if they're tired? So they can go to school and not get in trouble. Why does that matter? So they can learn. Why does that matter? So they can get a job. Blah, 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 all this stuff. But the reason that any of that matters is so that they can make a kingdom difference. If that's not the purpose, if that's not the vision, then all of this stuff is just being done in vain because the foundation of the home is God. And if He's the foundation of the home, then the vision should be, man, we are here to make a difference for Christ. So all of our discipline, all of our rules, everything that we talk about, our aspirations, 
It's all not inwardly focused, but we're looking out to see how can we impact the kingdom of God as a family. We're raising kids, some of us, to one day become adults. To one day move out of my house. And when they do that, I'm going to praise God that we made it that far. But man, I want to look back and I want to look at them and know that they understand that the purpose of their life is Him and to make a difference for His kingdom. It's not to go to college. It's not to get a job making a lot of money. It's not to have a big house. If all that happens, then praise God that He's blessing you with that stuff. But that's not the purpose. The purpose of your life is to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And we can't do that unless we are shifted toward Him. Now, what is the vision of your house? If you ask your kids right now, parents, hey, what do you think the purpose of our family is? What do you think the purpose of these rules are? What do you think the most important part of our house is? Like, what is the most important part of our home, of our family? What would your kids say to you? Man, if they don't say to glorify God, to make a difference, then man, it's time to begin to shift our home toward Him. Because that's what it's about. And all this other stuff is good, man. I hope my kids, they, they get a good job and they can provide for themselves because I don't want to move them back home. But man, I want them more than anything to know Jesus and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And God has given us, as parents, the responsibility, the opportunity to raise these kids in a home where the foundation is God, where the framework of our home is love and honor, and where we have a vision that is clear for them. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Man, our kids need vision. We need vision. Our spouse needs vision. We should have vision in our home. What is your vision? What can we do outside of the home for the kingdom of God? This is the fourth thing. Decorations of the house. Now, before you jump at me, right? you can have a house with no decorations. Praise God, you can have a house with nothing hanging on the wall. If you're single, if you are married, you cannot have a house with no decorations. You cannot have a house without stuff hanging on the wall. And the stuff doesn't even make sense half the time that's hanging on the wall. There's little wooden baskets hanging on the wall. The basket was created to hold stuff. The basket is now hanging on a wall with nothing inside of it, right? That is, that's what happens when you get married. I want you to just know. It's just like your wedding day. You just say yes. And you allow all these little holes to go in your wall. So when you sell your house, you have to fix hole after hole after hole after hole. Here's the reason though, right? Decorations bring joy to the home. Is what they say. Now, 
My wife, she's serving today, so I can say whatever I want. And speaking of serving, man, this is the year of engaging in the mission, right? And if you haven't joined a serve team, I would encourage you to join a serve team, man. There's nothing greater than serving in the kingdom of God. But man, she she likes decorations. And I have no idea what most of them are. We used to have a giant fork and a giant spoon hanging on the wall of my kitchen. It's like we can't use those. If we could, heck yeah, like I would love it. But you can't. They're like golden spoons and golden forks like we're some royalty fan. We ain't royalty, man. I'm from South Augusta. There ain't much royalty from South Augusta. But man, listen. Decorations, man, they bring some joy to the home. There is something different about walking into a home with nothing and walking into a home that has some decor in it, right? It brings some joy to your home. Here's my question for you. Do you have joy in your house? Not fun. I'm not talking about fun. Do you have joy that only God can bring in your family? Do you have this, this sense of, man, it's so, it's so amazing to do life with these people I'm doing life with? Can we laugh even when we act stupid? Can we, can we be joyful even in the hard times? Is our house a place that is filled with the joy of the Lord? We sang it this morning. That man, there's joy in this place. There's always joy in the house of the Lord. And if if your house is built with Him as the foundation of your home, then there should be joy in your house. And the joy should overflow from God. A home full of joy allows us to see and focus on the beauty of one another and the beauty of God. This is the the last thing here. Number five is this. The roof of the house is grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And you may say, well, I I don't really understand grace and mercy being a part of the home. And I don't know how many of you have ever lived in a house without a roof. Probably none of you. The roof is important. Because what the roof does is it, it offers protection, right? There's, there's a difference between rain, right? Raining on your house and raining in your house. Would everybody agree that that's different? Nobody wants rain in their house. On the house is cool. Not in the house. Grace and mercy is a way to protect our house. And this is why, because we all mess up and we're all imperfect people. And when we have a, a house, a home, with, with the protection, with the roof, is grace and mercy, what it does is it tells the people in our family, in our home, that it's okay for you to mess up because I still love you. Because I'm going to offer you grace and I'm going to offer you mercy. Now, it doesn't give people permission to mess up. It gives people the atmosphere and the culture to say, yeah, man, so even when I do fail... Even when I do have shortcomings, this is a safe place for me because there's grace and there's mercy. And we should be giving grace and mercy because we've received grace and mercy from the Savior of the world. And just like with God, He doesn't say, hey, so this gives you permission to keep keep on messing up. This gives you permission to keep sinning. He doesn't say that. 
Paul says actually it's the opposite of that. Because we have God in us, we should not want to do that stuff anymore. We offer that same grace and that same mercy to our kids, to our spouse, to the people living within our home. And we say, hey, I'm going to offer this grace and mercy to you because I love you. Because I've received grace and mercy. It doesn't give you the license to keep doing what you're doing, but it gives you a place to know that you are safe here. Man, I want my home to be a place of safety. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. We do this because it's been done for us. We do this because we understand the power of grace and mercy. We do this because the Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say that if you beat people over the head, that's going to lead them to repentance. The Bible doesn't say that if you if you judge people, that's going to lead them to repentance. The Bible says that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Is your home full of the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God? If there needs to be some repentance in your home, man, it's not nagging, it's not beating, it's not judging. It's grace and mercy and kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. I've never seen in my entire life, I just turned a year older, so I'm getting there, man. Got a lot of gray. I've never seen in my entire life someone accept Jesus through nagging. Ever. I've never seen it. And I've seen some nagging taking place. And I've even seen this. I've seen some people fake a prayer so the other person would stop nagging. But there was no life change because they were just doing it to get someone to stop nagging. That doesn't lead people to repentance. The grace and mercy of God leads people to repentance. The kindness of God leads people to repentance. If you want your home to change, you put a roof on your house of grace and mercy and kindness. And you watch how the grace and mercy and kindness of God changes the hearts and the minds of the people in your home. Do you want your home to be shifted towards Jesus? I'm going to close with this. and This is just something that happened this week and I did ask permission to use this, but I'm not going to give you any names. Someone sent me sent me a text and they they got this new uh, Bible for their kids that they got from just a, a collection of things that they picked up from a friend. And this Bible on the front said, man, there's a, there's a CD inside. And man, their kids were so excited because we don't have Bibles with CDs on the inside, right, anymore. People don't even know what a CD is, right? And if you don't, look it up, man. If you don't know what a CD is, look it up. You'll be impressed. We used to have to burn those things from Napster and LimeWire and we got viruses all over our parents' computers and it was a mess. And when they looked in, they looked in this Bible, there was a CD and it wasn't, it wasn't a really bad CD, but it was a, it was a Grand Theft Auto game with a 
you know, pictures on the covers of those aren't great for kids. And, man, it just got me thinking, if your kids wanted to hide something from you, is, is the Bible in your home the first place they would hide it because they know that you're never going to look there? And I'm not saying that's what happened in this story at all. They were, they were just getting rid of stuff. It could have just found its way in there. But it got me thinking, is, is the Bible, is Scripture, is God's Word, is He truly the foundation of my home? Do my kids know that this is an important aspect of our family? Does my spouse know that nothing else matters more than Jesus? Or do they know they can hide stuff behind all this religion stuff because that's all it is to you and your family. It's just religion. I mean, I don't know how much you know about us here at Impact Church, but man, we are not, we are not about religion here. Now we're about a relationship with the Savior of the world. We're about a relationship with Jesus. We're about a, a relationship with a Father who loves us. We're sinful, imperfect people. Man, we don't have time for religious activity. We don't, we don't have time for religious games. We have a generation and a community and just a, a culture that is dying around us in need of the Gospel of Jesus. And as we shift our satisfaction and our affection toward Him, man, I pray that it it infiltrates us so much that our homes begin to shift toward Jesus. That God truly becomes the foundation of our home. That love and honor truly become the framework where everything else is developed within. That there's vision, there's windows, and we're looking outwardly to see how we can impact the kingdom of God. That we decorate our house not with baskets, not with giant spoons and forks, but man, with the joy of the Lord. The Bible teaches that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you need some strength, man, get find that joy that only He can give. And that we cover our home with the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God. Is your home aligned toward Jesus? If it's not, man, I pray that today is the day that you commit to saying, I'm going to begin to shift my family, my home toward Jesus. Today is the day I'm going to commit to make God the center of it all. That Jesus really will be the one thing that drives everything. And during this response time, man, I'm going to challenge you to bring your families up here and to pray with them if you want to make that commitment in this place. Maybe you've made the commitment before and you've just life has just kind of beat you down. And today is the day that you need to say, hey, no more. I'm bringing it to God. He is going to be the foundation of my home. I challenge you to, to come and to pray with your families. Maybe for some of you, you've never... You've never accepted Jesus as your Savior before. You realize that He can't be the foundation of your home if He's not the foundation of your life. 
And today, you want to make the decision to say yes to Jesus. You say, hey, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. He's done everything necessary for my salvation by coming and living a perfect life, by dying on a cross, by defeating death, by ascending back into heaven. And I want to commit my life and confess that He is Lord. Maybe today that is the decision that you need to make. We all have a next step of faith to take. What is your next step of faith? Be obedient to the Spirit this morning. As we sing, man, let's sing with all that we are because He's worthy to be praised. And let's pray in whatever manner, whatever way that the Spirit's leading us to pray. Let's stand together. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.